You know, the, some things I said earlier about managing your life, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about, is about managing the situation you're in and managing your life. And we're all in different avenues of life and different time periods. And some of you are just starting off and you have your whole career in front of you, your whole job. And, and some of you are in your, you're 40 years old and you're halfway through and, and you're beginning, to, you're a male and you're beginning to doubt things and question things. And, and, uh, and maybe you won't, but I know I did. And I've, most men, I do, do think they do question things from, their, from time to time at that age. And then you go through the later years and you get 50 and you get 60 and you start thinking about retirement and and I don't believe in, how many believes in retirement? I don't. So, uh, okay, I do believe in it, but not as much. And, uh, and then you get to people who are 70 years old until when you're eight years old. How old are you, Bill? 87, 87 years old. And you start thinking about what? What have I done? Yeah, heaven. What have I done? And can I make a difference in these years that I have? But in every one of our life, there's people that we need to make sure that we're managing our lives in a way that they know that we're making a difference in their life too. And so I could, uh, we're going to go this, this morning to uh, the book in Luke in chapter 10. I'll go tell you where to go in a few minutes. But little people deal with, with uh, taking charge and managing their life in a variety of ways. There's some people that grab the bull by the horns. Man, they just bring it on. Bring anything that comes at me, I'll, I'll challenge me and take it, and I'll take it any way that I can. And then the next people will say, uh, I'm still waiting on God to show up. If God shows up, then he'll fix everything for me. And then we others that sit around, we ponder, we, we, we twindle our thumbs, and, and we panic, and we cry, and we say, well, I don't know what to do next, so they don't do nothing. And then some others may, in the age in which they are, they may say, my whole life has been on waiting for God, about waiting, learning to wait. Or did I miss God totally? Has anybody ever related to any of these things? Let's say when you're, when you're aggravated or you're, or you're frustrated with your wife or your husband, and you think, when you look at him laying there in bed, and, and he's snoring real noxiously, and you go, I did not sign up for this. I was not part of the deal, you know. He was young and he was, had all these things together about himself, but that's one thing you didn't really anticipate. Um, do you recognize his direction? Here's a couple more reasons, ways that people deal with situations that they're in. Asking other people for their input. But what happens if sometimes you may ask one person or two people that are real close to you, but then you get some people that go around, everybody they go to, everybody they get around, they begin to ask them their opinion of, of, of their situation. And they, get, and they get a whole conglomerate of, of input without any output because they never know what to do about it. And the last one is, how about avoiding the issue as long as I can? Have, has anybody ever been guilty of that? Oh, man. How many has ever been guilty of avoiding the issue as long as you can? Why do we do that? We don't want to deal with it. It's maybe bigger than, than what I think it is and, and a variety of things, but one of the things that I come to deal with within my own life was with my situation with my God, I've learned to, I've got to do certain things regardless of, of What's going on in life? I have to do things different the rest of my life on my eating. And we'll leave that one alone right there. Okay. Um, Luke chapter 10.
How many of you can do something that would make my life different on, I'm going to use my gout for, an, for example. What can you diff, do differently in my life to make my gout be different? Seth, can you? You can give me all the advice in the world, but there's not one thing you can do to make me not do it. It's something I have to do right here. I have to do it in my life. He's waiting for us many times to step in to do, and I'm talking about different things. I'm talking about life changing things. The Lord's waiting for us to step in and just do something. Instead of waiting for somebody else, instead of making excuses for why it's the way it is, we have got to at some point in our life, we've got to step in and embrace that it's time to do something. And some of you may be, may be in church every week, but are you really here or just maybe has to find somebody else because you're here? There's not a secret to knowing God's will and his direction. It's just operation. It's just learning to step out and do something. One of the hardest things to do is learning to get involved. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, we have a, a, an illustration of, of a man. And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went, man went down to Jericho. And he fell among thieves and he stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and, leaving, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, the Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. And I begin to think, and I, I've preached on this message, just made reference to it about three weeks ago. But it's important we, we, we need to learn something about this particular message. The priest and the Levite were more concerned about being, what well, we spoke about Sunday night, about Wednesday night, about being clean than they were about taking care of the need. And Wednesday night, I began to share about the Old Testament was one way and it's about defilement and becoming unclean and, and all the things that happened. But the New Testament is always about making things whole. And, and one of the biggest examples of, of failure in the church in the, in the early New Testament was they were so hung up on their tradition in their past that they never got through to the place that they really had compassion and saw a need for ministry. So we see these two go by and they would be unclean so they never took the time to spend with him or to help him. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion on him and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. I want to stop here for just a minute. There's a variety of things that could have possibly the other two said, the priest and the Levite. They were consumed about self, uh, been a contamination to them, and they couldn't touch him because of the law, so you couldn't touch anybody that was dead if he was, or someone else will come along and do it. But this man done something specific, and this is what I want to talk to us about, managing the time that we have. We only have so much time, we don't know when we're going to end and when it's going to stop, and I'm not saying this to be depressing, I'm just telling you, many of us have got to learn to be able to, to give of ourselves and learn to get busy being about the Father's business, being about doing what is important that we can do. First thing this man done is he gave him his time. His time was just as valuable as anybody else's. Saturday, yesterday we, have a, we had a thing here at the church that's called our food pantry, and it is quite an operation. I didn't come down yesterday, but it was amazing in time I've come and watched that they, the functionality and, and, and the way your people take responsibility. It's important that each and every, every person gets involved and does it, or it doesn't all get accomplished. But he gave of his time, and his time is just as, easy, is just as important as anyone else's. And the second thing he gave, he gave of his resources. Now I'm going to speak to you just for a minute. 
What have you done with your time? What have you done with any resources you have? Not necessarily money, but a variety of resources that this man had. He took him up his oil, his wine. He t- took care of the cuts and things and put him up on his own donkey then went and put him in the inn. Now, I know this, that's the story we've all heard so many times. But what have we done and what have we went out of our way to do following his examples? Took care of him. Took ownership of the situation. He stepped up. He's not waiting on someone else to approve his act or not. Never mentions what reason, what reason where the Samaritan was going, just that he accepted the responsibility. Now, Jesus was doing this for an example. There was a guy that was questioning him and asking him who was his neighbor. And when Jesus got done, he said, let me just read it to you. 28 29. Look in verse 28 29. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt have life. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Verse 36. Now which of these thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? I know this is a very basic and simple, a simple message. But we hear of people helping people and doing things for people all the time. But many of us have never went above and beyond anything in our life. We've never done anything to make a difference in a kid's life. I feel like sometimes you think I'm, I'm browbeating. I'm not at all. I really want your attention to try to help you. Everyone who learns to give, it gets so much joy from giving. It just is. It's something about what they do. It, it, when they do it, they, they feel such reward. And it isn't, it, maybe it's a little pride, I guess you'd say, in a situation. But you're making a difference in someone's life. But if you're always making excuses, if you're always making excuses why you don't do things, then you'll always be in wonder about your life, what's really important. Every time I'm, most of the time when I get alone and actually talk to Tyson, um, I just use him for example because two years ago his perspective of life was so gommed up. And so messed up and so self-seeking and so um, not rational, if you will. And it's so easy for us to live our lives and comparing them to everybody else's. But Tyson has learned the secrets of life. He might not have the same goals you all have. You all might not have the same goals he has. That doesn't matter. But he knows, notice this, that in his own life, he doesn't get caught up in what everybody else thinks. It's, now, it is important what other people think about you, how you conduct yourself. But it's not so much what you have, it's who you are. I was, I was talking to Brother Cooper yesterday. And at Brother Cooper's house, and he brought this up when we were talking about a variety of things. And I'm going to be teaching on character tonight in the, uh, the Sunday school class that we have out here. But he said, if a man doesn't have integrity, 
What else is left? If a man or a woman doesn't have, if, if you as an individual don't have integrity, what else do you have? You can have all the things that everybody else has, but you don't have the core ingredient of integrity. And then this, this passage, this, this, this Samaritan, well, he had integrity. He had something that was unique that only he had it. The priest and the Levite, those who were religious, didn't have it. Go to Judges, if you will. You know, when I think of old people in the Old Testament, David and, and uh, Elijah and Elisha and Moses and Aaron and, and all these people of the Old Testament, all these great Bible stories we hear about, these great men of valor and all these great uh, abilities they had, there's one thing they've done. They found a way to make it happen. They found a way to, to go through and fulfill the thing that God was calling them to do. And after they found, either they found a way or they did what? They found a way or they found an excuse, but these guys found a way. And this guy, his name is Samson, he was a judge. In chapter 13, chapter 15, I want to give you an example of someone finding a way to overcome. Every one of us has to find a way to overcome. Because there's been a variety of things we get bombarded with life and life it brings, and we have to learn to overcome certain things. But in Judges 15, verses 14, and when he came to the Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And I want to instantly say that when you feel that you are absolutely devastated and you cannot go any farther, but it's so important that you listen to the Holy Spirit. Because one thing that the Holy Spirit does, he comes behind the scenes and he comes in the middle of the scenes when nobody else even knows he's around, you can begin to feel an unction within you as Samson did. And he began to feel, uh, well, we'll just read on. And the Spirit of the Lord moved mightily upon him, and the cords upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands was loosed off his hands. This man was given uh, ability to shred things because he had something to do. What was going to happen next? He was brought before the Philistines by his own countrymen because they said, they're mad at us and they're taking out on us what you've done with the foxes and et cetera, et cetera. And they tied him up, his hand and feet, and they brought him before him and they left him and they left him there to, to stand on his own. And then instantly, when the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him, he moved, moved upon him, he broke the ropes. But look in the next verse. And he found a jawbone of a donkey and he put his, forth his hand and he took it and he slew a thousand men. How many of us? Would have sat there and looked at a thousand people and thought, there's no way. I know this is not lifelike today. I know things are different. But how many things do we face just as Samson did? And he had the wherewithal to think, I will grab this. And he took it and wiped out a whole thousand people. You, you can find a reason to win or you can find a reason to get overcome. He was not willing to give up. He faced the opposition all of his life. He was very familiar with opposition. He was delivered weapon, weaponless. He wasn't content on being a captive. And he knew that if he didn't find a way, he would be dead. 
He stepped in the confidence of the Holy Spirit that he was familiar, familiar with, and he was obedient. And he never stopped to question God. He simply stepped up to the situation. And one of the biggest problems I have with people, they begin to question God, why this and why that? There are opportunities to excel and, and, and great things to happen and you can minister to other people and give to other people, make a difference. But instead, instead we make excuses not to. How many came and worked in the food bank yesterday? One, two, three, four, five. Five people? You got all that done with five yesterday? That's amazing. I knew there was more. It takes an effort of a lot of people to get all this taking place. But how many times does God speak to us and we don't ever, ever step out? I know this is a, a different example, but he stepped into something. He didn't question God. He just stepped in and he reacted. And it's so important with the Holy Spirit that, that we react. Go to the Matthew chapter 8. There's something common in, in each of our lives. Many times I feel I was supposed to do something and my wife has and we talked about it and stepping out and going doing it and we didn't do it. And then we said, we'll do it next year. Didn't we? Next year came. Did we do it? Why not? Something changed. There's always room for something to change in every one of our lives. In every one of your lives, you can go through your whole life and never accomplish and never see God do things in your life. Do you know why God, God moved in Mother Teresa's life so mightily? Because she was willing. Everybody we've talked about here and who we're about to talk about None of them had the luxuries and the great things of life that we have today. In Matthew chapter five and chapter eight and verse five, and Jesus was entered into Capernaum, and there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, "Lord, my servant lieth at home sick and palsy, grievously tormented." And Jesus said unto him, "I will come and heal him." And the centurion answered and said, "I am not worthy that thou shouldest come into my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed." For I'm a man of authority, having soldiers, soldiers under me. This, this man I say, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and, and my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, Verily, I've said it to you, I have not found such great faith. Jump to verse 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way as thou hast believed, and it shall be done unto thee. And his servant was healed the same hour. Let me tell you. The issue here was this. It's always, always for someone else. Many times we, we think about what can benefit us. And I'm going to ask you, how many of us, we often pray, we seek things that's going to benefit us. How can we become more prosperous? And how can our business do this? And, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But we're so self-centered oftentimes that we forget to, to reach out and pray out for other people. 
Chapter 5 in Mark. Believe it or not, I'm close to being done. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. <clears throat> Came over to the side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him one of the tombs. Of the tombs. Now, let me just stop there for just a second. He went from the first place to someone, uh, for someone else. The centurion went for someone else to get help, and he'd done whatever he could, and it happened. It brought, it brought peace to the person's life. But in the second place, he went to another place. And this is someone who was in a dark place, and Jesus knew before he ever went over there, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he went over there. And sometimes we don't think that he knows our situation, though we have to know all of our situation, but he went anyway. And when he went, he... Verse 5, and always, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But he said, when we saw Jesus from a far way, a long way off, he ran and worshiped him. And that's the worship team to come back. You can be in a, a, a real a variety of places here this morning. I want to pray for clarity of mind. God, I pray that you would give me clear thinking. And I pray for every person in here to hear clearly. And God, the things that we bring forth the last two minutes of this message, it resonate and make sense to us. I ask this in your name. Mark chapter 5, John chapter 5, and John chapter 8. I'm going to stop, stop with John chapter, or start, end with John chapter 8. But the man of the gatherings is a dark place, and the man in John 5 was a man who'd been there around this body of water for 38 years in a lot of doubt. He had a lot of idle time on his hands, and no tell of what he talked about. They were not ideal situations for Jesus to minister and the last one's in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 2. And early in the morning came again to the temple and all the people came and came unto him and he sat down and taught them. And scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken into, into adultery. And we set her in the midst. They say unto him, this woman was taken into adultery in the very act. Verse six. They said this tempting him that he might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger rolled into the ground as though he never heard them. Verse eight. And he again stooped down, rolled on the ground. Verse 7, sorry. And when they continued to ask him, he lifted himself and he said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast his stone. And again, he stooped down and rolled on the ground. I want to stop here for just a second. We all have things that we go through and that we don't manage right. And 
if we don't take care of things on the inside, we'll never manage to go out and do anything for anybody else. Now, there's something specific I want to say about this lady. She wasn't worse than a whole lot of other people. But I began to think about Jesus dealt with so many things in life. But today, when we deal with someone who has a need, they have a sexual sin, sexual sin, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's fornication, or whether it's adultery. There's a variety of other more, but that's the, the basic ones I want to touch on in just a minute. How many people is needing someone that actually cares? This woman was ridiculed by everybody, brought on the spot, thrown in front of them, and Jesus basically ignored them. Said he's with, without sin, cast the first stone. Verse, uh, verse 11 says something very specific to this need, to this situation. Lord just asked her, where's her accuser? She said, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Of all the things I've said about going out and doing different things and ministering to people, one of the biggest reasons that we don't do things is that we felt condemned. We don't feel good enough. We don't feel, feel right enough. We come to church. I'm not good enough to come to church. I don't, it doesn't matter what anybody it doesn't matter what kind of background. That's the thing about God that's so unique. He would like to use you, but he would like to bless you. Regardless of your background, regardless of your sin, if it's homosexuality, so what? If it's adultery, so what? There's an answer for anything that you're battling in life. And if you don't manage it right, it will consume you. It may be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be gossip. It could be a variety of, just variety of things. But friend, you have got to learn to manage things right in your life. Because if you don't, it'll consume you. And you'll never be good enough for anyone. I'll go back to my talk with Tyson. You'll worry more and get more consumed with what everybody else thinks than what he thinks. What you do out here? Let's pray. Bow your heads with me, please. First, I want to deal with the ones who you don't feel good enough, or you don't feel worthy enough. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, he has made a new creation. You are a new person. If you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, hard for us to understand. I can't really get my mind around it. I can't think about it right. I just, it's just so overwhelming. But it doesn't matter what we've done in our past. All the Lord is worried about is your future. And sometimes we get so hung up on our past, we can never move beyond it. And we always seem to have a a familiarity to, to go back to our past. And a past is behind us. There's something in front of you. There's something for you to manage in front of you that will make all the difference in your life.
That's what matters most. Lord, I pray for anyone that's in here. And God, they've given their life to you, but, but God, there's a, a dark cloud in their past and it keeps hovering around them or following them around. And, and Father, they keep referring back and they compare, comparing themselves to that thing in the past that they can't do anything. But Lord, if there's one thing we know, that we know that we are free in you. And God, you've forgiven us of all of our transgressions. You've moved them so far as the east is from the west. We're without excuse, Lord. And I pray, God, that you help those right now. They may have excuse of failures of the past while they can't get over and they can't do certain things. There's other ones of us here this morning, Lord, that, Lord, we're not managing right because we always make excuses while we don't do things. God, I pray for a determination and a, and a fortitude, Lord, to be as Samson did, to grab anything it takes, pick up anything that it takes to get the job accomplished.